When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at, and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio, on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. You can shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, I got to admit to you, I'm excited. <laughs> We finally got some news out of the Biden campaign. He's been hunkered down in his basement doing video chats and uh, hasn't been much of a presidential campaign. But after a three-week delay, he's finally settled on his Hobson's choice of a vice presidential candidate. And it's none other than Kamala Harris. (laughs) Uh, Kamala Harris. She had to drop out before the uh, the very first primary before because her own campaign was, was such a shambles. She never polled out of the low single digits in her home state of California. Her final poll numbers were only 7%. They're the people that know her best. And, uh, you know, how Joe Biden's advisors decided that this was their best move, I, you know, I maybe that's the He didn't have a lot of good options, that's for sure, but it's hard to understand how he thinks that picking Kamala Harris is going to help his campaign. If you go on social media, you'll see that there's a lot of this astroturfed excitement about a Biden-Harris ticket. But if you look a little deeper and you go over to where the, the real base of the Democrat Party is, on their social justice threads and hashtags, you'll find out that this is not popular at all. This is uh, basically a repudiation of their whole social justice warrior outlook. Kamala Harris made her chops putting people in jail. She was, uh, she was the executor of Joe Biden's crime bill. And I, I guess I need to say, you know, I, I thought the crime bill was a good bill. I thought that Kamala Harris conducted herself, you know, by putting people in jail um, as a prosecutor should do. Although she did, in fact, uh, cheat. She hid evidence. She was on the verge of sending a man to the death uh, penalty 
when the Supreme Court of California determined that her office had hidden evidence from the defense counsel. But Harris is going to have to spend a lot of this time, instead of campaigning for Joe Biden, defending her own record, just like Joe Biden is. Joe Biden's busy trying to scrub history from his uh, his Dixiecrat, segregationist, racist past. And uh, now Kamala Harris is uh, the, the, the vice presidential candidate on the ticket is going to have to do the same thing, trying to convince the voters, the Democrat base that uh, she didn't do what she did and that even if she did, she no longer believes it. So the very first major decision that Joe Biden's staffers made for him is to pick a candidate that's not even popular in the Democrat party. She doesn't even have a base. She doesn't bring anything with her. California is a lock for the Democrats, although I've seen a lot of talk on social media that they may be so fed up out there that they're ready to throw in the towel on the Democrats. I, I don't believe that. It'd be great if it happened. And uh, Biden took to <laughs> a, a, a video conference from his basement to make the announcement, had Harris on his uh, his iPhone, which he was holding upside down, and he was reading off of a script that uh, apparently his staffers gave him so that he would remember why he was calling Kamala Harris. <laughs> you might recall during the debates, uh, he, he, uh, he either forgot who Kamala Harris was or that she was on stage with him. The only African-American woman that ever been elected to the United States Senate. A whole range of people. No, My point no, that's is, not true. The other that's one is true. here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said the first. I said the first. I said the first. I said the first. Come first. So, uh, so he's standing on stage with her and claiming that he's got the endorsement of the only African-American woman. In the, uh, to be elected from the U.S. Senate. Well, I guess, you know, when you get right down to it, that was a true statement because uh, Kamala Harris is not actually an African-American woman. Her mother is Indian, a high caste professional from uh, from India. And her father is a, uh, a half Indian, half black Jamaican whose family owned a large sugar plantation and uh, had the most slaves of anybody on the island. <laughs> so after being lectured for months and months, pulling down symbols of the Confederacy and uh, trying to to scrub history of any uh, record of slavery, the Democrat Party has gone and elected someone who owes her privileged position in life to the fact that her father uh, comes from a family of major slave owners in Jamaica. <laughs> oh my God. The, this pick is, uh, is unbelievable. As this uh, campaign develops, I wouldn't be surprised if we, we have one of those uh, Eagleton moments where, you know, uh, Kamala Harris has to step aside and let somebody else uh, take the spot on the ticket, because this is going to be a bloodbath. You could see why it took them three weeks to land on this choice. As I said, uh, 
Joe Biden didn't really have any good choices. He was looking at Karen Bass, a, a U.S. representative from Los Angeles with a long history of communist sympathies. He had Susan Rice, who, you know, if she may have been the first rising presidential candidate to be called to a grand jury to testify to her role in the Russia hoax. Bill Barr is calling it Russiagate now. He had Stacey Abrams, who, you know, he would have had to have a food taster if he picked Stacey Abrams. She wants to be president so bad that, uh, that she, she may have been the end for old Joe Biden. Stacey Abrams is refusing to accept the decision, is demanding a recount now, and uh, it'll probably be sometime later this week when she declares that she is the rightful vice presidential candidate for the Democrats. Uh, You know, it didn't have to be like this. There were female candidates in the Democrat field that would have brought something to the table. Elizabeth Warren was there till the very end. And uh, would have brought Bernie's base with her, but she's white. Well, is she white? I guess she's white. She's a fake Native American. Maybe, you know, that would have been some sort of diversity. And if she wanted, if he wanted to go, you know, all in on the white uh, candidate, he could have picked Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar would have brought Minnesota, which Biden desperately needs to win with her because she is popular in that state and she's a centrist she would have given some comfort to the independents that are looking how far joe biden has been drug left in this election Uh, barack obama came out and and said that uh joe biden has nailed this decision (laughs) oh my god uh, with Kamala Harris's record of sleeping her way to the, you know, to the middle, uh, that was uh, probably a poor choice of words. Of course, you know that she, when she was in her early 20s, uh, she had an affair with a 60-something-year-old Willie Brown. And uh, Willie Brown was the one that launched her political career by having all the moneyed Glitterati in San Francisco appoint or uh, support her for the uh, for the county DA and later the uh, the Attorney General of California. But I guess Kamala's role in this campaign is to be the attack dog. Everybody likes to point to how effective she is at cross examination and questioning. I don't think so. Maybe I'm seeing it wrong, but with her nasal um, aggressiveness, I think she's very off-putting, but I think I've got a clip here of an example of her uh, attack dog, Kamala. First, I have a few words for Donald Trump, who we all know is watching. So, President Trump, you've spent the last two and a half years full-time trying to sow hate and division among us. I love how they always just make these generalized terms. He's a racist. He's sowing hate and division. They never actually cite any examples. And when they do cite an example, it turns out it's a lie that they have, have, um, you know, made into a narrative as, and that is why we've got nothing done. Oh, we've got nothing done. 
best economy in history, lowest unemployment, rising wages, kept us out of foreign wars, securing the border, reforming trade deals. He's got nothing done. We've got nothing done. You have used hate, intimidation, fear, and over 12,000 lies as a Again, no examples. Way to distract from your failed policies and your broken promises. No broken promises, no failed policies. I mean, he has fallen short, but not for lack of trying. He's been blocked ever since, uh, well, ever since he took office. First, he was blocked by Rhino Paul Ryan in the U.S. House of Representatives. And ever since then, he's had to deal with uh, crazy Nancy. We're going to run out to a break, and then we're going to get deep into these clips of Kamala Harris that you're going to be seeing a lot on campaign commercials in this election. Stick with us. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Here's a, here's a, a, a bit you're going to be seeing a lot on ads. Um, I think they'll have to be from a, a third party, but this is uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who would have been a much better pick on the vice presidential ticket had the Democrats not gotten so freaked out over her her rise in the primaries that they uh, they smeared her as a Russian asset. They trot, trotted out the old tried and true smear that the Democrats have been using. They smeared Tulsi Gabbard, a decorated war veteran and not a war veteran that was sitting stateside or sitting behind the lines. She was an actual field medic that was going out and uh, saving lives. I don't agree with a lot of things Tulsi Gabbard believes in, but at least she's not insane like so many of the others. Here is her pushing back after Kamala Harris accused her of being a Russian toady. Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. When you were in a position to make a difference and an impact in these people's lives, you did not. And worse yet, in the case of those who were on death row, innocent people, you actually blocked evidence from being revealed that would have freed them until you were forced to do so. There is no. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the uncut version. This is uh, this is the campaign commercial uh, that you're going to probably be seeing. 
As the elected attorney general of California, she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. And I am proud of that work. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And I am proud of that work. Innocent people, you actually blocked evidence from being revealed that would have freed them. And I am proud of that work. And the people who suffered under your reign as prosecutor, you owe them an apology. Yeah, that's uh, that's why the SJW Twitter is uh, is incensed this morning. You know, and what's really amazing is that basically, you know, Kamala Harris's position on Joe Biden up until the point where she was chosen was that Joe Biden was a racist segregationist, and she was right about that. Joe Biden was in the uh, beginning of his career uh, what. They used to call a Dixiecrat back when uh, the Democrat Party was uh, still the vestiges of Jim Crow. Joe Biden, you know, did what he had to do to get elected in uh, in Delaware. Kamala Harris has uh, said repeatedly that she believes all women. And she said specifically that she believes that accusers of Joe Biden of sexual harassment and being a rapist. <laughs> and now she says, well, I'd love to be his running mate. That'd be great. You probably remember this. You probably heard it a lot today, actually, of Kamala Harris uh, back in that debate where she played the race card against poor old Joe. It's personal. And I was actually very, it was hurtful. To hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. (laughs) Well, that's true. He's trying to say uh, he's trying to waffle and say that he he didn't support busing but or support a ban on busing but uh, he most certainly did it was again <laughs> that was properly the, the the proper decision to make uh, busing was wildly unpopular among whites and blacks it destroyed communities it caused racial antagonism when none was necessary and it led to poor outcomes both in white and black schools Got another clip here. Let's see what this one is. Uh, Joe Biden's support of segregationist. Uh, oh, this is Kamala Harris appearing on a talk show, basically following up the same line from the debate. What bothered you? Praising and coddling individuals who made it their life works and built their reputation off of segregation of the races in the United States. That's a problem. So you know, the whole uh, backstory of poor Kamala growing up as a, you know, a, a poor black child in Berkeley, California, and being one of the very first people to integrate the schools is a lie. She lived in a white neighborhood. She took a bus to school, but she wasn't bused across town. She went to a, uh, a school that had already been integrated in a school system that was, uh, you know, all on board there in Berkeley, California. But, you know, it's it's her trying to posture herself as being, you know, somehow 
having overcome. The truth is both Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are lying on this issue. Biden did, in fact, back anti-busing laws. Uh, He did uh, collude with... um, with James Eastman of Mississippi and uh, the uh, the North Carolina senator, I can't remember his name, to uh, to defeat you know federally mandated busing. He he uh, he once said that he didn't want his uh, kids going into going to school at a racial jungle. Kamala Harris says she believes all women, including those who have accused Joe Biden of, uh, well, sexual harassment and rape. I believe them and I I respect um, them being able to tell their story and having the courage to do it. Do you believe that the vice president should enter this race? Oh, he's going to have to make that decision for himself. I wouldn't tell him what to do. I think he's a... uh, this was before Joe Biden entered the race, and uh, she said that she believed the women that made accusations against him. She says that she believes Tara Reid. Here, here she is uh, very hypocritically hammering Joe Biden on the crime bill that, in fact, she implemented there while she was a district attorney. That 1994 crime bill, um, it... It did contribute to mass incarceration in our country. Um, it it encouraged and, and was the first time that we had a federal um, three strikes law. It, it funded uh, the, the building of more prisons in the states. Well, it was a good thing. It uh, resulted in a, uh, a massive decrease in crime. But uh, now Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are both having to run away from it. I think the takeaway to all of this Kamala Harris is we're just going to have to uh, enjoy it for its entertainment value. Kamala Harris uh, is a a gold mine, an endless well of campaign ads. I know, you know, they keep saying, well, she's the vice president. She's not going to make a big difference in this race. Well, that's that's maybe the case in normal times, but not with old Joe Biden. Even CNN is uh, is coming out and saying that Joe Biden made the pick that maximized his chances of continuing to make the race a referendum on Trump while selecting someone whose resume suggests she's ready to step in if and when Joe Biden decides to step aside. <laughs> so Democrats are being told to vote for a man who's unable to do the job to enable a woman who almost... Nobody in the Democrat party supported to allow her to have the job. Biden's, uh, Biden's position is basically I've selected Kamala Harris to be our, our next president. (laughs) When he had to make the announcement, he had to actually have a cue card to read off of on why he chose her because obviously he didn't choose her. They overruled his wife, who was deeply offended by uh, Kamala Harris exposing Joe Biden as an old closet segregationist. 
you have to ask yourself now is, is Kamala Harris going to be required to stay in the basement along with Joe Biden? Or is she going to be able to go out and campaign in person? If she is, that's going to feed more into that narrative than in fact that, you know, she's the one that is going to be the, uh, the man behind the curtain controlling the strings on Joe Biden. Well, the stocks on news of this appointment crashed yesterday. We had a, a big downturn in the market. One of the interesting things is that Harris's former communications director for her campaign is now in charge of censorship on Twitter. That might have something to do with the choice. I don't know. we got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, Sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. Is it just me, or does the Democrat Party seem to have a problem with black people? <laughs> I'm not talking about mostly black people or half black people or a little bit black people. I'm talking about actual black people. So they nominated and elected the first mixed race president of the United States in Barack Obama with a, uh, a communist father and a white mother. And now they have nominated their first person of color as the vice presidential candidate who is, I guess, about a quarter black, maybe a little less, uh, Indian mother and a half black father. And, you know, it shouldn't be an issue. It's not an issue for me. I'm not voting Democrat anymore anyway. But you have to wonder how much of this uh, actual black Democrats are willing to put up with they're they're repeating the lie that Harris is an African American. She is, I guess, a person of color because they've determined that white people don't have any color, which is sort of ridiculous to begin with. It's a, another perversion of the language that the Democrats like to engage in. But she is no way, no how, by any stretch of the imagination, an African American. She is a child of immigrants. Her mother was from India. She was a high caste Indian from the professional class. And her father was a, a professor at the UC Berkeley 
I think he's still a, uh, a professor emeritus there. He has, in fact, said that she would be an awful presidential candidate. And um, I, I guess because she's denounced or ran away from to try to hide the actual family history from the uh, the slave ho- uh, holding plantation owners of uh, their family in Jamaica. She's married to a black man. So was Susan Rice. I'm sorry. She's married to a white man. So was Susan Rice. And, uh, you know, they uh, uh, Biden had a choice of an actual black woman in Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams um, actually probably would have been a better candidate for the Democrat Party. But I think Joe Biden's got sort of a low black tolerance level. Felt more comfortable with the high yellow Kamala Harris. She brings with her a, a whole bunch of far left positions that are not going to give any assurances to independent voters at all. She supports a ban on fracking. She said that outright at uh, one of those CNN town halls. So kiss Western Pennsylvania and the, probably the state of Pennsylvania goodbye as far as ending up in the the uh, the Democrat column. Joe Biden, uh, when he went to campaign in Pennsylvania, he tried to backtrack on his position, says he doesn't support banning fracking. The only problem with that is he supports an end to all oil exploration, saying he's going to end it in about five years. So if you don't, if you, if you're opposed to all drilling and fossil fuels and you by very definition oppose fracking, which is made the United States independent as far as our energy policy goes. She's all on board with Beto O'Rourke and Joe Biden's ban on assault weapons and uh, says she can make um, these moves against the Second Amendment by executive order. She wants to phase out private health insurance companies. Now, she's tried very hard to flip-flop on that one. But she can't run away from that. She she's it's going to be on campaign commercials. Let me see if I can find a clip here. Oh, here's a sort of a a, a montage of her evolving position on private health care. Who here would abolish their private health insurance in favor of a government run plan? Yeah. All right. The only two to raise their hand were. Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris. So you saw the hand up by Kamala Harris, but then she sort of clarified that response this morning on Morning Joe. Do you believe that private insurance should be eliminated in this country? No. You don't. I just raised your hand last night. But the question was, would you give up your private insurance for that option? And I said yes. Oh, I think you heard it differently than others then. Probably. Uh, this, the role of private insurance, are you limiting that to something like cosmetic insurance? Or what is the exact role well, of private it, insurance? To cover what is not otherwise covered. So that includes what? Very little, because almost everything will be covered. So then how does this plan differ from what Senator Sanders is proposing? 
I think that they're very similar. I don't know that they're, I mean, I, I don't think that I'm, I'm supporting his bill. So to the extent that he's. <laughs> Kamala Harris doesn't have any policy chops. She, she sticks her finger in the wind and she tries to figure out what will be best for her career. And that's the position that she adopts, even though she's unable to explain it. One of the most devastating clips that I was able to find, and this is really going to kill her with the, uh, the woke vote, the social justice vote, is uh, when she was appearing at some conference. Uh, I think it was a unity conference out in California and said this profoundly stupid statement. What else do we know about this population, 18 through 24? They are stupid. <laughs> that is why we put them in dormitories and they have a resident assistant. They make really bad decisions. <laughs> well, I, th- what I think they're going to make a a, a a better decision in not supporting Pamela Harris. Kamala Harris. There was a big, long discussion last night on a lot of the news stations over how to properly pronounce her name. I'm not going to try to change it. It's Kamala, as far as I'm concerned. She was uh, all on board on the Jesse Smollett hoax, said he was the kindest, most honest person that she knew, and that uh, his attack was a modern-day lynching. She wants nearly a complete ban of religious freedom, but the New York Times ensures us that she is a pragmatic moderate that's uh, because this election is going to be all about the independence. Uh, Trump has actually consolidated the Republican base far more than Joe Biden has been able to consolidate the Democrat base. But the, the election is going to be decided by independence. And as they expose more and more of the radical nature of this vice presidential pick, I think it's going to work out quite well for the Trump campaign. So the Democrat National Convention has announced its speaker lineup. I'm not sure if these people are going to be appearing in person or over Zoom. The convention in Milwaukee has been all but canceled. And Joe Biden won't appear. He'll be appearing by videotape from his basement. On Monday, they're going to bring out Michelle Obama to open up the the festivities followed hard on the heels by Bernie Sanders. And I guess they're going to hope that they can put them on Monday. And then by the time of the uh, end of the convention, the virtual convention, everybody will have forgotten about how um, bitter and hateful Michelle Obama is and how batshit crazy Bernie Sanders is. On Tuesday, they're going to bring out Jill Biden. That's probably going to be a high point. They probably should have saved that for later in the week. Because she still does have her wits about her, and she still is a, 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 a strong supporter of her husband. But then they're going to bring out Bill Clinton and stomp all over that. And uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, talk about his role in the crime bill and, and his uh, visits to Jeffrey Epstein's island. And then it gets better. And by better, I mean worse for the Democrats. They're going to bring out AOC 
who is, um, excuse me, they're going to bring out AOC to whip up the radical base. All of this seems designed to, you know, try to quickly change the subject as they bring out the luminaries of the Democrat Party to remind everybody just why or how they have become so radical. On Wednesday, they're going to bring Nancy Pelosi up to the microphone. And then, as if to prove that Nancy Pelosi is not the most unpopular elected official in this country, they're going to bring out none other than Hillary Clinton. (laughs) And then it'll be Elizabeth Warren and then the sainted one, Barack Obama. Barack Obama should have been the one to put Joe Biden's name uh, into nomination. I don't think that that'll be the case. Maybe it will. Thursday, old Joe will address the assembled lunatics, and then it'll be Tammy Duckworth and Kamala Harris herself. So that's, uh, that's the luminaries, the lineup. It is a murderer's row of far-left, uh, discredited, corrupt Democrats. Probably be better for them that it is going to be virtual because then not as many people will be watching. I got to talk about this case in North Carolina where a little five-year-old boy named Cannon Hennett is riding his bike along with his sisters when uh, a black man, as long as we're talking about interracial killings like the Democrats love to do, black man walked up to five-year-old Cannon Hennett riding his bike, put a gun to his head and blew his brains out right there in cold blood in front of his children. The accuser's name is, is Darius Sessoms. He's now in custody. I looked at the uh, evening network news coverage. Not a single mention of little Cannon Hennett made it. It's of no concern to them. It doesn't further the election of Joe Biden or play into their their racial narrative. And now we live in a world that is so demented that the murder of a little five-year-old boy gets less coverage than the death of a violent career criminal. And I'm talking about George Floyd, a violent career criminal that was stoned on methamphetamine that prompted months and months of national mourning He had, I think, three funerals attended by, you know, all of the celebrities and luminaries. He was made a a martyr, a a cause celeb. We had months of violent protests. But the murder of this innocent child is just a political inconvenience for the mainstream media and the Democrats. It's going to be swept under the rug. And this is, uh, you know, another in the long lines of tragedies that we have to put up with and tolerate this, this double standard. Out in California, um, one of the Black Lives Matter leaders uh, went into San Luis Obispo County 
just between Los Angeles and San Diego, promised that she was going to have a peaceful protest, which she quickly transitioned into an incitement to riot. And she was arrested and now has been charged with incitement to riot and, uh, and other charges and faces 15 years in prison. Here's what her arrest sounded like. Let her go. She is not resisting. So this is, uh, this is what the, the, the level of understanding of these, uh, riding lunatics. If you don't resist arrest, then you shouldn't be arrested. She was in fact resisting and they were attacking the cops, but now she's, she's, uh, facing uh, long-term in, in jail. I, I fully expect that the state's attorney general is going to step in and, uh, and take the case away from the local prosecutor's office, but we'll see. In Chicago, um, the Black Lives Matter organizer there was on tape yesterday defending the looting of the Miracle Mile. I don't care if somebody decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike because that makes sure that that person eats. That makes sure that that person has clothes. That makes sure that that person can make some kind of money because this city obviously doesn't care about them. Not only that, that's reparations. In front of the first poll. So that's reparations. So, you know, all of these Democrats have said, well, Black Lives Matter is a peaceful protest. They're not responsible for the rioting and the looting. They might want to listen to this clip from a Black Lives Matter leader right there in Chicago. I don't care if somebody decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike because that makes sure that that person eats. That's a, that's a continuation of the AOC line that uh, all, you know, we shouldn't get so excited about this looting because these looters are just trying to get a loaf of bread so they can eat. As we see video of them uh, tearing apart high-end fashion and electronic stores and marching out with big widescreen TVs. What we're seeing going on in the big cities, well, I need to run out to a break. We'll cover more about this one and get back right after this message. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. Well, the Democrats' lockdown strategies continue to include making sure that our kids are not allowed to return to school. And if you had any doubt uh, that these hard-left ideologues that run the teachers' unions and many of these government school systems, you need to look no further than Fairfax County, Virginia. It's Virginia's 
biggest, most populous county, has over a million residents. It's one of the richest counties in the United States. They're continuing to keep their schools locked down. And just recently, the, the school board that runs Fairfax County Public Schools advised parents not to engage in any homeschooling or hire any tutors to replace the education that the, the public school teachers refused to provide. They say that that would be inequitable. Here's a, a, an excerpt from this admonition. Across the country, many parents are joining together to engage private tutors, who are often school teachers, to provide tutoring or home instruction for small groups of children. While there is no systemic way to track these private efforts, it's clear that the number of pandemic pods or tutoring pods are being established in Fairfax County. Dun, dun, dun. We are aware of these tutoring pods as well as some accompanying community concerns. To be clear, these instructional efforts are not supported by or in any way controlled by the FCPS. While we don't and can't control these private groups, we do have concerns that they may widen the gap in educational access and equity for all students. Many parents cannot afford private instruction. Many working families can't provide transportation to and from tutoring pods, even if they could afford to pay for the service. We have received some requests from parents who would like to cluster groups or form pods of students together with a specific teacher. From a logistical perspective and in the interest of educational equity, we cannot accommodate such requests. So they're telling you that even if you're willing to educate your own student or your own children, even if you're willing to pay out of pocket for what you're already paying in school taxes, but not getting that they can't support it because it will further uh, education inequities. Well, I got an idea. Why don't you open the schools back up? They're saying that the parents that, you know, take the responsibility to educate their own children are being unfair to parents who don't take that responsibility. That is the level of insanity that these Wuhan virus lockdowns have achieved. Up in Wisconsin, the Department of Natural Resources have told employees that they must wear a face mask during at-home Zoom calls in order to set a good example. The governor up there, Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers, issued a statewide mandatory mask mandate, but people are not required to wear them in their own home, but that didn't stop the, um, the head of the Department of Natural Resources from declaring also wear your mask, even if you're in ho- at home to participate in virtual meetings that involve being seen such as Zoom or other video conferencing. The guy's name is Preston Cole. He says, we need to set the safety example, which shows you as DNR public service employees care about the safety and health of others. That's the, the mask shaming um, enforced by government decree. Well, yesterday they had primaries in 
five different states, including Minnesota, Connecticut, Georgia, Vermont, and Wisconsin. The results were like, uh, largely unremarkable, except for that race there in Minnesota, where Irhan Omar, I think it was the last of the squad members facing a primary challenge, cruised to victory. She had about 57% of the vote. The second-place candidate only came in about 37%. She won by about 20 points. So if if you imagined or hoped that this far-left drift of the Democrat Party and these Marxist socialists who call themselves Democrat socialists um, it was an aberration or a mistake and somehow the Democrat Party was going to pull back on this far-left movement, then you were mistaken. It has been no accident that... AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and uh, Iana Presley all won their races by by about twenty points. Their primary races. Now it's you know we'll have to wait and see if, as expected, they win the general election against their Republican challengers. But this is a this is a very a uh, worrisome sign. You could have hoped that, you know, in the case of Ilhan Omar, she she uh, wrecked an, uh, uh, a project by Amazon to bring thousands of jobs to her district that would have had an average salary of $150,000. You've got in, in Rashida Tlaib in Detroit a, uh, a rabid anti-Israeli, um, anti-American, I should have started with anti-American candidate that easily won her primary. And now we've got Ilhan Omar, who is as bad, uh, about a an obvious proponent of Sharia law in the United States as exists on the political scene. And she too won election, re-election in her primary by about 20 points. So you would hope that as independents and many blue-collar Democrats see what has happened and what continues to happen to the Democrat Party, that they would dial back on this and that maybe you know this will be a, 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 a wake-up call to them. But any, any hopes that this was just an aberration can be put to, put to rest. So the Democrats are busy push, putting forward their cheat my mail scheme, saying it's just too dangerous for people to show up to vote. Well, now a, a study out of the CDC says that uh, long lines at polling places do not lead to more COVID-19 cases. It showed that voters who lined up to cast ballots in Wisconsin's primary last April 7th at the peak of the pandemic did not contract the Wuhan virus in greater numbers. In fact, the CDC study of the impact on voters in Milwaukee revealed that 33% fewer deaths were reported in the three weeks after the election than earlier in April. The CDC said longer voting periods and increased number of polling locations in uh, November could help reduce the number of people at the polls. 
but that the actual data from Milwaukee provides preliminary evidence to suggest that mitigation strategies were effective, but more observations are necessary. So the Democrats continue to weaponize this virus to try to achieve their political ends. And, uh, and we have to hope that either enough actual voters show up at the polls or that the Trump campaign is effective enough in uh, detecting the planned Democrat voter fraud that we don't end up with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House. So let's take a listen to uh, Donald Trump's reaction when he learned that Kamala Harris was going to be the Democrat vice presidential nominee. Things happening, and so I was a little surprised that he picked her. I've been watching her for a long time, and I was a little surprised. She was extraordinarily nasty to uh, Kavanaugh, Judge, Judge Kavanaugh then, now Justice Kavanaugh. She was nasty to a level that was just uh, a horrible thing, the way she was, the way she treated now Justice Kavanaugh. And I won't forget that soon. So she did very poorly in the primaries, and now she's chosen. So let's see how that all works out. Trump went on to say that she was his, uh, his number one draft pick for the Democrats, and they are, uh, they're sharpening their knives. You're going to see more of it in the weeks to come. Uh, the, uh, the Trump campaign had already prepared uh, ads probably for all of the possible um, nominees and roll this one out as soon as the announcement was made public. Kamala Harris ran for president by rushing to the radical left, embracing Bernie's plan for socialized medicine, calling for trillions in new taxes, attacking Joe Biden for racist policies. Voters rejected Harris. They smartly spotted a phony, but not Joe Biden. He's not that smart. Biden calls himself a transition candidate. He is handing over the reins to Kamala while they jointly embrace the radical left. Slow Joe and phony Kamala, perfect together, wrong for America. Slow Joe and phony Kamala. That's going to be the uh, the refrain for the next few months. That takes us to the end. I hope you'll come back here tomorrow right here on Mojo 5 This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.